Good evening. How are you? <laughs> Silence is your answer. <laughs> it's good to be out of the house. And as I'm sitting, standing here, I'm just imagining all your faces, okay? And I'm just going to tell you that I miss you guys and I've been praying for you guys, okay? You're not alone. God is with us and we're praying for you. So, Holy God, let your presence fall in this place tonight, Lord God. Let your presence fall into every room where people are watching right now, Lord God. Lord, have your way. Do what only you can do, Lord God. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. We need you more than ever. Amen. So God in our midst is mighty. God is a present help in time of trouble. He says we are his prized possession and that he is our refuge, our fortress, our protector and our provider, our healer, our source of income, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 91 is speaking very loud to me in this hour. It says, A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand might fall at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. No evil will be allowed to come near you. No plague will come near you. Because we have made the Lord our refuge. He has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us or abandon us. And I think we need to start hanging on to the word of God. If he said he won't forsake us, if he said he won't abandon us, I feel in this hour we need to grab a hold of God's word like never before and begin to apply it to our lives and begin to believe it. With everything that's been happening in the last year and a half, we have all been challenged in different ways and it feels like the enemy is working overtime to get you to back off, to get the church to back off. But God is still in control. God is still on the throne and God is not walking around thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? God is still in control. And something is about to be shaken. I believe something is going to be birthed. Something is getting ready. We're not just going through all this travail. We're not just going through all this for nothing. God is lining up things in the spirit realm and something is going to happen. I believe it with all my heart. And so in Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus, before he goes to the cross, he says, Simon, Simon. Satan has asked that he might sift all of you as wheat. And Simon, I'm not taking you out of that equation. I'm not taking you out of that storm. I'm not taking you out of that sifting. But rather, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and that you come out stronger than before and return to me so you can go and share it with others. So I feel like we are being sifted. I feel like Satan has gone up to God and he's asked if he can sift us like wheat. And, and during this sifting, 
You know, a lot of things is falling off and, and chaff falls off the wheat. We prayed on Zoom the other night and the chaff is, is us being in fear and it is us worrying about the things of the world and it's about us worrying about our income. It's, it's us worrying about this plague. That's like the chaff that God is wanting to shake off in this hour. But God was saying to Simon, Simon, Satan is wanting to sift you. But God is saying, I'm not taking you out of that. I want you to go through that and I want you to come out stronger than ever before. So the church you and I, we're called to operate in supernatural power of God and the authority of God. And there's a big shift happening. God is requiring of us, his church, to rise up in this hour like never before. And not to be afraid, but to be these mighty men and women that he's called us to be. If you are a person who does not understand faith, you might be struggling in this hour. You could be looking at everything that's going on. You could be listening to the media. And every time I turn on the TV and the media is just throwing out all this fear into the atmosphere, I think if I did not have faith in my life, if I did not know God, I would be walking around in fear. But because I know God and because God is in my life, I do not have to fear what is happening. I need to know that God is in control and that God knows what he's doing and God has a plan for us, his church, and he will fulfill it and we will walk in that plan no matter what is happening. You know, I look at Joseph and Caleb. You know, they, they went out with the other spies to spy out the land and they all saw the same thing. But Joseph and Caleb, they had a different spirit. Oh, Joshua and Caleb. Oh, I had my notes say Joshua. Just checking. Just checking to see if you're watching and listening, right? So Joshua and Caleb, <laughs> they had a different spirit. They didn't have a spirit like the world, like the other ten that went out. They didn't go on what they saw. They didn't go on what they felt. They didn't go on what they, they were looking at. They went on the word of God because God told them that they could go in and possess the promises of God, that they can go and take the promised land. Even though that the giants were all around them, even though the giants you know, were, were big and, and the other ten came back and said, the giants are too big, we cannot go in, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw themselves as able to go in and possess the promise of God. They were not moved by what they were seeing, by the giants and, and the things and the obstacles in their path. During a time of worship and prayer before we were in lockdown, we were sitting up in that holy room upstairs there. And as we were worshipping, I saw the Holy Spirit come into the room. And the Holy Spirit was coming into the room because he wanted to heal hearts. He wanted to heal souls from trauma, from sin, from pain and fear. And, and the Holy Spirit also was pulling down strongholds and walls of division that have been in the church for so long. This shaking, this shaking it is causing the church to wake up and is causing the church to have a, a different perspective. It's causing us to see that we need each other. It's causing us to see that each one of us in the body is important and each one of us has a job and, and a, a role to play in what God is going to do. And this is why I believe God is trying to bring unity into the church like never before. 
Pastor John shared in the upper room that a pastor had a church and this pastor was putting sandbags all around the church because the river was trying to get into the church. But the sandbags couldn't keep the water out of the church because it started coming up through the ground, through the floor, through the cracks in the floorboards. And I believe that was the move of the Holy Spirit. I believe this pastor was trying to stop the Holy Spirit from coming into the church. But I want to tell you, God is about to unleash his Holy Spirit like never before. And no one is going to be able to stop what God has got in store for his people in this hour. So we have cried out and we have fasted and we have travailed like week after week, crying for the Holy Spirit, crying for revival to come into this land, crying out that the prodigals would come home. Well, I want to tell you when we cry out, when we call to God, God hears our prayers and God is about to move. The Lord is going to pour out the Holy Spirit and I tell you it's not going to be stopped. No man will be able to stop what God is planning to do in this hour. And so the Lord was saying the dam is about to burst open. The river is going to move fast. And God was saying, jump into the river. Run with God in this hour. Listen to what God is saying. He's saying, jump into the river. God is saying, don't fight against the Holy Spirit in this hour. Don't fight against what he wants to do in this hour. He says, flow with the Spirit of God. Don't resist what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life or what the Holy Spirit wants to do here in the church or in this nation. And I feel like God is even saying, Anne-Marie, don't even argue with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Don't resist him anymore. Don't be stubborn any longer or (laughs) self-opinionated. That's a big one. Don't be so self-opinionated. Listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this hour. God is saying, jump into the river. Go with the flow. And you know what the Lord was saying? He said, as people jump into the river in this hour, he says, addictions are going to be broken. Mental problems are going to go. Healing is going to flow. People are going to be set free. People will be radically healed, delivered, restored and strengthened as they jump into the river. Now, what does that mean? It means as we we run with what God is going to do, as we run with the Holy Spirit, as we stop resisting, we are going to see the move of God and we're going to see lives totally turned around and changed. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to see that. I, I want to see people even just walk into the doors again. Like that would be awesome, right? But as soon as they walk in, right, as soon as they walk in, they're going to be just, just because of the presence of God in this place, they are just going to be automatically set free from their addictions, from their mental problems, from their sickness and diseases in Jesus' name. Now, I prophesy that. I declare that in Jesus' name. See, God promises to pour out his spirit in the last days. And and I'm saying, God, God, if we're in the last days, Lord, pour out your spirit. And I believe we're in the last days, so we're going to see the outpouring like never before. So even though these are scary days, they're still exciting days, right? Because we're seeing things that people have never seen before, (laughs) right? 
I know, like some of you are saying, oh my God, I don't want to. But God is, is lining everything up. And we're going to see things that others have been praying for. We need to see the hour that we're living in. Like the Lord's return is so much closer. And he is coming for his bride. And I believe this is why the Lord is doing all this shaking. He, he wants his bride to be ready. But he also wants us to bring in the harvest. So, so all this shaking is getting us ready and is getting the bride ready, but it's also getting us ready for this great harvest that is going to come pouring into the church. The shaking is actually causing the church to be turned upside down. None of us are ever going to be the same again. The church is not going to be the same again. And I feel like this is like the awakening. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, My son, my daughter, meditate on my word day and night. You know, it does not say meditate on your problem day and night. So many people at this hour are meditating on their problem day and night. People are ringing me up, telling me that they're on their knees and they're, they're, they're consumed with fear. They're meditating on their problem. They're meditating on the media. They're meditating on the news. But God is saying, meditate on my word day and night. He says, be careful to do what it says, for then you will have good success and then you'll be prosperous. Verse 5, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. I mean, if God has said it, can we believe it? Can we grab it? Yeah. So God says, I will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. So if God is never going to leave us, why are we walking around worried? Why are we walking around anxious? He says, be strong and courageous. In verse 6 and then in verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. And so in this chapter of Joshua, God has told Joshua three times to be strong and courageous not to be afraid, not to be anxious, not to be fearful. But I believe God is saying that to us in this hour. His church should not be like the world. We should not be running around fearful or anxious in any way. Verse 9 again, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Come on, that should bring you comfort. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the hour where we need to walk by faith and not by sight. This is the hour where we need to walk by faith and, and not by sight. Don't be moved by what you're seeing. Don't be moved by what you're hearing. They used to sing that song in the church, didn't they? I walk by faith and not by sight. They used to make us walk up and down the aisles while we were singing it, you know, as if that would make us understand it. But we've we got to start seeing, I'm walking by faith. I'm not walking by what I'm seeing, right? A thousand might fall on one side and 10,000 on the other, but it's not going to touch me and it's not coming near my household in Jesus' name. Don't let what you are seeing make you go into panic. Don't let what you are hearing make you go into doubt and fear and anxiety, worry and stress. God says be anxious for nothing. <laughs> we are called to walk by faith. You know, faith is trusting God. Yeah? 
Faith is trusting God that God will do what he said he would do. Faith is knowing that whatever God has said is going to happen. So if he said that he will never leave me or forsake me, that means he's never going to leave me or forsake me, right? And so no matter what I walk through, he's going to walk there with me through it. Yes, he's not going to leave me. Okay, so now in Exodus chapter 3, Moses was walking in the desert and he saw a bush burning and he stopped to look at it. And God said, take off your shoes, Moses. You're standing on holy ground. And Moses took off his shoes. And, and then Moses, the Lord said, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. And I've stepped down out of heaven and I've come down to deliver my people. Now, Moses, you go and you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I feel like we are almost like in this burning bush moment with God. It's like the bush is burning and God is trying to catch our attention and God is trying to catch us so that we'd stop and look aside and see what God is saying in this hour. And as God was saying to Moses, Moses, I have stepped down out of heaven to deliver my people. I believe God is saying to us, I have stepped down out of heaven to deliver my people. Now you go in my name and you set the captives free. You go and deliver my people in Jesus' name. And so the Lord told, told Moses to go to Pharaoh and told him to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go. God told them that when he went to Pharaoh, that Pharaoh would put up a fight. God told them that Pharaoh would resist and Pharaoh would not give in easily. God told them what was going to happen. And, and then these people, as soon as Moses had, had gone to Pharaoh, Pharaoh made it harder. As soon as, as Moses went to Pharaoh, the Pharaoh made the tasks for the people so much harder and the people started complaining. But I want to say to you, these people called out to God and asked God to deliver them and just because it got hard, they wanted it to stop. We've got to realize when we call out to God for God to do anything, it's going to get hard before it gets better. Yeah, Nothing of God just falls in your lap. We have to go in and possess it. So when God told them that he was going to deliver them, God was wanting them to believe that he was going to do it, no matter what, no matter what obstacle came. The scripture in Revelations chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, it says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but a little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will open doors no man can shut. I believe that the Lord is talking to us. Even right now, you know, some people have been a little shaken. Some people have been walking in fear and worry. Some have been stressing. The enemy is trying to make you lose focus. But I'm saying to you tonight, come back. And look at God and start to sit in his word. When the Israelites cried out to God, God stepped down because he heard their prayer. I want to tell you, God hears our prayers and God hears our cries. I can remember a few years ago, 
I had faith in God. I still have faith in God, right? But I had faith in God in that time. I saw God move over and over and over again. I saw so many miracles. I saw cancers drop off people. I saw blind eyes open. I saw body parts growing back. But then a storm came. And all of a sudden, I don't know, this storm was, was like huge. And when it came, I was shaken. Fear came. Stress came. Anxiety came and it smothered me. And I can relate to people who are lost in fear and anxiety and stress. It's like this, you're in this black pit and it's so choking the life out of you. And I can remember being in there. I couldn't pray. I couldn't read the Bible. I was looking at my problem rather than looking at God. Even though I'd seen God move over and over again, I was looking at my problem rather than looking at God. And so here I was. I'd lost my business. I'd lost, I was in the process of losing my home. I had nowhere to run to. Nowhere to go and everybody that I knew deserted me. <laughs> everybody ran. Like I, I, all I had was God. <laughs> but I want to tell you, that's all you need is God. And I want to tell you, he never left me in my darkest hour. He, he carried me. I mean, he carried me. That, that, that poem, Footprints in the Sand, that is so real in my life. God carried me for, for weeks. He stuck closer than a brother. And one day he came and he sat down next to me as I, I, I was just like in a, this like mental breakdown, I would say I had. <laughs> Hard to believe, but yes. <laughs> and so one day I was just sitting there and, and I, I was just not even thinking. I was just sitting there and God came and sat with me. And God started to challenge me. He started to challenge me with how I was thinking. He started to challenge me with the direction of my thoughts. And all I was seeing was hopelessness and destruction. But he was there on the sidelines, sitting next to me, encouraging me to get up, to start to look beyond my situation, beyond my circumstances, and start to see and start to believe that it's going to be all right. I want to tell you, a little while before that, I had a visitation of an angel. An angel came into my room. I was remembering, I was just going to the phone to tell my parents what had happened. <laughs> and I was beside myself, like I was just like lost the plot, crying, you know. And this angel stood in front of me and this angel said to me, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right. And if I would have had my faculties in normal place, I would have grabbed that angel because I had so many questions that I wanted to ask. So many questions, right? But I missed the moment and then all of a sudden the angel was gone. But God said, you're going to be all right. You're going to make it through the storm. And, and to someone that's listening tonight, I believe this is a word for you. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. So God was challenging me to change the way I was thinking, to change the words that were coming out of my mouth, to stop walking around in fear 
thinking that I wasn't going to make it, to stop walking around thinking that I, I, I was going to be destroyed, to stop walking around thinking that life was hopeless and useless. God was challenging me to change my direction. So God would come and say, Anne-Marie, start to believe for a house. I said, God, all I can believe for God is that me and my kids will be living in the gutter. A few days later, God came again to Anne-Marie, start to believe for a house. I said, God, today I can believe that me and the kids can live in a caravan park. A few days later, God came along again and he said, Anne-Marie, he says, look at that house across the road. He says, Anne-Marie, what would you do with it if it was yours? God is amazing how he makes you change the way you're thinking, right? <laughs> he makes me look at that house and I start to say, well, God, if that was my house, God, I would, would start to paint the gutters. I'd start to paint the garage door. I'd change the blinds. I'd, I'd fix up the garden. I'd paint the door. And what God was doing was God was getting me to dream. God was getting me to see it before it was mine. Do you get it? Faith is believing you've got it before you've actually got it, yeah? And so God was getting me to see this thing as it was mine and, and I was looking at it as if it was mine and I was telling God what I was going to do with it if it was mine, right? And then like some of you have heard this story before but I just really feel in this hour this story is so appropriate to people because there are people out there who have lost their job. There are people out there who are, whose businesses might close down. There are people out there who might lose their home. But I want to say to you, hang on to God and, and listen to what God is saying in this hour because God is with you and God is able to bring you through no matter what you're going through. And, and so a little while after that God said to me, not, not like after I finished telling him what I was going to do with the house, he said to me, go across the road now and go and ask for the phone number of the people who own the house. So I walked across the road and I knocked on the door and, and the, the renters came out and I said, can I have the phone number of the owners? Next minute, the phone rings. They go and answer the phone. They said, it's the owners. Do you want to talk to the owners now? God says to me, yes, do you want to talk to the owners now? So I go to the phone and I start talking to these owners, right? And God says to me, ask them, <laughs> would, would they like, you know, ask them if they want to, thinking about selling their house. And so I asked them and they said yes. And God says, ask them how much they want for their house. And God puts a figure in my head and I ask them and they say exactly the figure that God has said. And then God says to me, now ask them, Will they sell it to you? Now, in the, in the natural, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm going into bankruptcy almost. Like, I've lost my business. I'm losing my house. And God is asking me to ask them to sell their house to me. It doesn't make sense. See, God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. And, and, and if I would have looked in the natural, I would have just walked away and said, you're crazy, Right? But I, I, I felt like God was, was causing me to, to see in the spirit realm and to walk in the spirit realm and not to walk in the natural, not to walk in by what I'm seeing and feeling, but to walk in the things that God is seeing and the things that God is feeling. And I felt like God was challenging me to stop walking in the natural and start to walk in the spiritual. And so 
after I said to them, well, will you send, sell it to me? They said, yes, we'll go to the solicitors and send the contract down to you. And I walked out of that house and went, what, what the heck? What, what, what's going to happen now, God? Like, I had no control. It's like God was in control of my life and the Holy Spirit was driving and the Holy Spirit was steering. I had no control. I was sitting in the back seat and I was going along for the ride. And this is what the Holy Spirit is wanting in this hour, that we let go of the steering wheel and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us wherever he wants us to go. And it's, it's going to have moments where we say, what the heck? It doesn't make sense, God, but God, God's ways are not our ways, right? And God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. They're not like my thoughts. See, I am very good at maths. Very good. I, I wasn't like an accountant. I, I, I worked with figures all the time. And I can work out, and, and even to this day, you will not be able to work out how God got me out of debt completely and got me into a house. Even to this day, it does not make sense. But I tell you, I serve a mighty God an amazing God and, and like those who put their trust in God and those who make God their refuge and their fortress will say, he is my God, he is my deliverer, he is my protector, he is my provider, he is my healer, he is my everything. So God got me into that house. <laughs> like I cannot believe it and like I look at that house and I feel like I would love to stay there forever because God gave me that house. Different people have said, oh, you need to sell up and buy a newer house. But this house to me is so special <laughs> because God gave me this house, right, miraculously. And, and so God never abandoned me in my darkest moment. He is sticks closer than a brother and he doesn't abandon us. And so he is a miracle working God. But I just want to give you a, a key. You know, when you tithe, when you give to God, to the building of God's kingdom, when you give to the poor, you are actually putting money into your heavenly account. And I remember... When I was already lost my business and I was in the process of losing my house, I was like a zombie. I, I, was, I was going through stress, anxiety, fear, grief, everything. And I remember <coughs> going to church because you have to be at church when, you, when you're going through a storm. You, you need your brothers and sisters to stand with you. You need them to pray with you. You, you need the body of Christ around you. And I can remember, oh God, wow. And I can remember going to church and, and, you know, just sitting there. I couldn't even worship. I was just sitting there in the presence of God. And the offering basket came round. I had $100 in my bag. <laughs> That's all I had. And that was going to buy something for Christmas for the kids and something like for food for Christmas. And the offering basket came past. And God said, I want you to give your hundred dollars <laughs> into the offering, into into the work, into the building of the kingdom. And without even thinking about it, I gave it to God. I just gave it. I, I 
felt like that woman with the two pennies in the Bible, right? The two mites, whatever she had. And I just gave it. But I want to tell you, the moment I gave that to the Lord, something happened in the atmosphere. Something happened in the spirit realm. The windows of heaven opened up. And I tell you, God started pouring out a blessing after blessing after blessing that I cannot contain. Even to today, even today, God is still pouring out blessing upon blessing. See, when, when, when you give to God, when you give to the building of his kingdom, you're giving and you're putting into your heavenly account. And like in the world, you don't get much interest. <laughs> you get lots of things, money taken out because of fees. But in heaven, there's no bank fees. And in heaven, like you get interest on your money, 30%. 60%, 100%, 100%. This is not an offering message, right? But this is, this is what God is, is wanting me to share with you because it's like we're holding on to our purses at the moment and it's like we're not opening our purses at the moment because we're afraid of what is going to happen. But I feel like if we give to God where God is telling us to give, I believe the windows of heaven are going to open up and God is going to pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. And, and I, I, can, I can, like, if the first thing God taught me when I was a baby Christian was, was to give. <laughs> first thing he taught me, because I was struggling even back when I was a baby Christian to, to pay the, the, the mortgage, to, to pay the electricity, the gas, the, the, like, everything. We, we, we lived on like bread and water almost. <laughs> we had secondhand clothes from the secondhand shop. We were poor. We struggled from week to week. And then I was in church because I just got born again and I was in church and, I, and the offering would come past. I put in 20 cents. I think I was giving a lot and I was excited. But this day I was putting in my, looking for my money and God said, I want you to give. I want you to give 10% of what you get in your hand. To me, I said, God, you've got to be kidding, God. God, God, I can't even make ends meet, God. God, God, we haven't even got enough. He says, I want you to give 10% of what you've got in your hand, and I want you to, to challenge me. I want you to test me to see if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing. I said, okay, God, I'm going to test you. <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> I, 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 I take God at his word. And, and I remember I put in 10% that week. And I tell you, oh my gosh, the blessings, they just came everywhere I went. Everything was on sale. <laughs> I even got a dress to go out with a brand new dress for like a dollar and the red light flashing thing in the shop as I walked in. You know, don't tell me God doesn't do what he says he, he, he'll do. He'll do. God's, word, God's word is powerful. God's word is alive. And God will do what he says he will do. You know, if, if we would just do... What God says, when he says, and, and just trust him implicitly with your life no matter what. And so, like, I, I started to do that. And so I was in that house, right? And a little while after that, when I, when I finally got into that house, when I, when I was in there, I was maybe in there three months, and all of a sudden I lost my job. <laughs> and all of a sudden I went back into fear, stress, and anxiety. <laughs> I went into panic and I heard the Lord so loud calling out, Anne-Marie, do you want to go around the wilderness again? 
I said, no, God, no, God. He said, didn't I look after you before? Didn't I get you out of trouble before? Didn't I get you out of debt before? Didn't I do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle? All I could do was say, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And, and I just had to fall down on my knees and ask God to forgive me for being worried, for being stressful, for being anxious. See, if, if God can part the sea to save his people, if God can drown the enemy that's coming after them, if God can look after thousands of people for 40 years and feed them and protect them and, and give them shelter and give them clothes, and if God can, can feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish, if God can heal a leper, if God can raise the dead, if God can open blind eyes, if God can raise Jesus from the dead and overcome every principality and power of darkness, God can look after you. God can bring you through. God can help you. He can bring you through the storm. He can provide for you. He can heal you. He can protect you. See, God is challenging us in this hour, like never before, to walk by faith and not by sight. Too many of us are walking by sight. It's time to shift. Start walking by faith. We are called to be faith people. We are called to be sons of God. We are called to speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. We are called to, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We are called to be God's representatives here on earth, ambassadors for Christ. And I feel like, I feel like it's the hour to pick up our swords and our assignments and start to do what God is challenging us to do. I feel like... We need to change the way we've been thinking, the way we've been confessing, and we need to start lining ourselves up with God. Be one with him in one accord and speak what only he would speak. Pray what only he would pray. Do what only he would do. See, I have never been sifted as much. <laughs> as I've been sifted in these last few weeks. I mean, I mean, that storm that I went through when I lost everything, that was the worst time of my life. But it was also the best time of my life because God was with me and he never left me. But now he expects me to walk as a mature Christian. <laughs> he expects me to walk differently now because I've seen the hand of God. I've seen that God is real and that God will do what he says he will do. So he's been challenging me in a lot of things. And I feel like he's been challenging you too. Let's allow God to circumcise our hearts. Let's allow God to take away the trauma in our hearts. Let's allow God to take away our past and our hurts and, and our offences and, and, and 
our judgmental spirit and our jealousy and our competitiveness and and our striving, let's allow God to have his way. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us. See, the disciples were thrown into jail. They were beat. They were persecuted. But these were crazy guys, right? (laughs) Crazy guys for Jesus. Because even though they got beat and even though they got put in jail and, and, and persecuted and threatened, they cried out to God and asked God to give them greater boldness so they can go and do what he wanted them to do. So in this hour, I'm praying out, God, God, give me greater boldness. Let me not be afraid and let me share your word. And Lord, every day, give me opportunities to share Jesus with someone. And so everywhere I go, <laughs> people are scared. I get moments to talk to people when I, when I sneak out of my lockdown in house when I get the opportunity I feel like I've been put in house like what is it you get put in jail in your house house arrest and today I got out (laughs) but you know I I, like every chance I get to get out like the people where I have to go and buy my food I share Jesus with them I ask them how they're going and they say they're scared and I said but no you can trust God God will bring you through I'm not preaching to them to get them saved. I'm planting a seed. And every time I tell someone, we can call out to God, you can trust God, God will help you, they say yes, yes. All right? We have the biggest harvest waiting for us. There are people out there who are so fearful, but we've got the answer. we got the light. So I feel like it's time to arise. It says the kingdom of God suffers violence but the violent take it by storm. I'm talking about spiritual warfare here. It's time that we rise up. It's time that we start to walk, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. So I feel like I'm just going to end there, but I just felt like God wanted to challenge people tonight. Where are you standing right now? It's time to draw the line in the sand. Either walk with Jesus and believe his word or stay where you are. It's time to make a decision. So I just want to pray before the music plays. Yeah? (laughs) So I just want to pray for everybody out there. You know, if, if you've been like I was in fear, in stress and anxiety, just ask God to forgive you. And then ask God to take the fear away and ask him to give you a spirit of faith and allow God to come in and to wash you clean and to rise you up as a mighty woman and a mighty man of God in this hour. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray, everybody that's that's watching tonight, Lord God, I know there's no distance in the spirit realm. And I know there has been so much anxiety 
Father, I pray that you will go through into every room right now and touch every heart, Father God. Every heart. And Father, that you would just strengthen and cause faith to arise in your people and let them rise up and see, Lord God, that you will never leave them or forsake them or abandon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.